From Infinite Guest, this is Top Score, a weekly visit with contemporary composers and musicians who make video game soundtracks. I'm Emily Reese. It, this sounds silly, but it's completely true. The first time I ever cried at a piece of music was the Super Mario 64 end credits. That's Will Brueggemann. He and his older brother Carl host a podcast called the Super Mercado Brothers. Carl and Will... <laughs> When I met these two guys, they're so passionate about video game music. It doesn't matter if they're talking about somebody else's video game music or music they made, maybe original music, or maybe it's music they remixed. These guys are on fire when it comes to video game music. They came to the studios here in St. Paul, Carl and Will did, so that we could chat about their work. Uh, Every once in a while, they're going to mention their oldest brother, Marty. Marty's the oldest then Carl and Will is the youngest. Carl and Will and I will also be on a panel together with Game Informer Senior Associate Editor Tim Turry. This happens in November during Gamers Rhapsody. That's a convention for video game music fans that's happening here in St. Paul, Minnesota on November 15th and 16th. You can learn more about that convention as well as the talk that Carl and Will and Tim and I will do at GamersRhapsody.com. I was probably like four years old, and I just could not stop crying from this song. And it was like, when I think about it, there is something a little profound about that, because, you know, there's there's no words. There was no kind of like, I guess you have the experience of like playing through a game, but I don't know. I, I find it really interesting that at that young an age, like a piece of instrumental music can cause an emotional reaction that way. And I think that kind of curiosity is what sparked my interest in music to begin with. so much about Koji Kondo's work in the Mario series, Mario 64 is a great example, is he writes, for the most part, one main theme and takes that theme and gets an impressive amount of mileage out of that theme. He does all these variations. So the main Bob on Battlefield, Slider, all these pieces of music are all based on the same theme. And most people don't even realize that because he's so gifted at variations. And well, I and think his, that's his, what's his so greatest cool talent Koji. is his melody writing. I mean, I, I feel like he's in the caliber of a John Williams or even like a Beethoven level of just memorable, these beautiful pillars of, of melody. Of and, culture, really, honestly. Yeah. I mean, if you go down the street and ask anyone you meet, sing the Mario theme, I guarantee 99% of people will be well, able and to sing I don't it. think totally. it's even just that. I think it's just that his melodies, for anyone who's played games, hugely resonate and especially like a lot of the Zelda music I really think a lot of 
a lot of people that I are probably unaware, but a lot of people in sort of the modern classical music scene, if there seems to be any sort of resurgence of young kids being interested in the orchestra, it's they video owe game so music, much, yes. I think, to Koji yeah. Kondo specifically. And, and we noticed that firsthand. We we went to the Minneapolis performance uh, for Legend of Zelda Symphony of the Goddesses, which was this mm-hmm. orchestral tour. And I think there's probably a lot of people that would be shocked if you would say, okay, take a look at the attendance of this show this is video game music. There's a lot of people who would be like, oh my god!" Well, and it's orchestral music, And look at the too. demographics. It's all people young. It's all, mm-hmm. all our age. People that loved the Zelda games. And the music, just like how Will said, he cried at the end of Mario 64. There's so many people all around the world that are having this emotional connection mm-hmm. to video game music. Here's the London Symphony Orchestra playing an arrangement of The Legend of Zelda. At the end of the day, it's music. It's music yeah. that's scored for an experience, but it happens to be this interactive experience, yeah. which has the capacity to make you more invested than a movie, more invested than mm-hmm. any other kind of media, which I think is so powerful. Carl pays tribute to composer Juni Shikawa in this album of remixed music from the Kirby series of games. Why is all of it so good, so catchy, so melodic? What yeah, were the I, I would definitely say that? that the retro, the old school game music is really what we were most passionate about going into it. Mm-hmm. And I would still say that is the bulk of what our passion is, is NES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. That is the era of game music for us that just, I don't know, there's something so nostalgic but in addition to the nostalgia, we just love the craft that those composers were forced to have to work with back then. They had no yeah. options but to craft the music. Because when you only have three melodic voices, yeah. you have no choice. That's why you come back to the Baroque period. Well, and there's something so unintuitive about it that I just really love. It's like mm-hmm. trying to make catchy, like swung, poppy music for the most kind of digital structure of this like programming language. And, and hearing the freedom that they're able yeah, to and, find in that and I think one is thing really charming. We always come back to is the idea of the human touch. Mm-hmm. Hearing the human touch on an NES sound chip is almost it's almost hilarious. The idea of how can that sound human? It's just bleeps and bloops. It's mm-hmm. this computer. How can that sound human? And the idea of the composers taking all this care and intricacy to make it sound performed, to make it expressive mm-hmm. is just so impressive to us.
You know, one of the great things about um, doing a podcast is you're forced to have to listen to a lot of music every week, as you know very well, having to prepare, having to research. And that is is so good for us, you know, as musicians ourselves, to reinforce, okay, this is what is so good about Koji Kondo. This is what is so good about Uematsu. And it really kind of, we've, we've noticed it really kind of help our own compositions, which has been a nice added benefit. And speaking of which... I mean, you are composers, so mm-hmm. so that's also kind of been a lifelong yeah, thing and, as well. And to be honest, that is our, I would say, our main passion is is composing um, and performing music. That is really what we, all three of us as brothers, have just been so into as long as we can remember. And who, play, um, who plays what before you get too far into that? I play drums primarily. I got my first drum kit when I was nine. Okay. Uh, I also play piano and guitar, so... I, I um, I, I've like sang ever since I was a little kid. So I, I think my first means of expression was probably singing. And we his have, voice is his instrument. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds pretentious, but, but it's true. I guess yeah. we have videotapes from when I was a kid of me running around in like a Superman costume, <laughs> singing uh, music from Mario. Uh, but so... <laughs> My voice is my instrument. I, my primary like instrument is, is probably piano because that's okay. what I compose on. But I can also play trumpet and guitar. This is from an album Carl made called Star Road, Super Mario Reimagined. Carl remixed this track from Mario 2. So you perform together and you write together and independently, I would imagine. Yeah, we sort of explore the different avenues of collaboration. And that's what's been so fun for me because to my perspective, like growing up, I would see Carl and Marty. They were just the team. They would we, always write We've been in bands for together. years and we've been playing music pretty much yeah, ever since I was nine. And Will, you know, he was so much younger that mm-hmm. he at, in the beginning wasn't a part of that. And I think, you know, rightly so, felt a little bit like out of it. Like I want to I want to play music with yeah. my brothers. So what's so nice is ever since we started the idea of the Super Mercado Brothers, um, along with the podcast, the idea of collaborating on video game music. Yeah. Um, it's been so fun to collaborate um, really in a deep way with Will. There's so many different methods of collaboration that we've done. Everything from I'll come up with chords in the basic groove and then Will will write the melody on top of it. Or I'll write an A section, Will will write a B section and combine them together. There's I so many a good B so many different ways um, <laughs> of collaboration. And so we've had such a good time doing that. And it's it's sort of a it's a means um a, a lot of the music that we have on our site that's original music there's a lot of tribute albums. It's a lot of mm-hmm. music where it's like an ode to a specific composer or a soundtrack and for some reason we really just got into this idea because to me I kind of look at it as it's sort of like a nonverbal way of almost writing an essay about like a thesis these statement of this is what's effective. Yeah, about it's like Metroid music. If if you really study um, a composer, a genre, a soundtrack, a style, and you and you really are kind of judicious about capturing those techniques and implementing it into your own music, 
if people are able to listen to that and say, wow, this reminds me of, or this makes me feel what that music made me feel, it's sort of like a way of expressing, this is what I love about this stuff and the similarities that you can draw between the music that we create and the music that we love sort of shows a little bit about why we love that music so much. Will just came out with an album full of music he remixed from Metroid. about the way you write when you write an homage piece. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. Because I loved yeah, that. I, I think it's it's a challenge. It's something that we, we have such a good time making these homage albums, but there are some challenges related to that, one of which is if you get too close to the source material, um, there's a lot of people that could say, oh, that's just a ripoff. It's just too close. It, that's not creative. That's not hard. Well, and it, so, it can be a ripoff so, if you yeah, do get so too close. Yeah, so what's challenging is is to to make sure it's in mm. the vein and that anyone listens to it says, oh my gosh, that sounds like Mario Galaxy. But it has to be its own piece of music. It has to stand on its own so mm-hmm. that, honestly, if you've never played Mario Galaxy or listened to that score, you should still be able to enjoy the music. So I think sure. that's the challenge. Well, and I think the other thing is, uh, is studying why that music works. And we usually start from the basis level is it's like, this music works because it's a beautiful melody being played sonorously over the orchestra and it's wonderfully orchestrated. So let's try to do that. (laughs) Me as a 16 year old, how am I going to figure out how to do this? So Mm. I would learn some of the music from those games on the piano and figure out the little techniques. When are they using what kind of chord and in what moment and what are the similarities that I can find between tracks where it's like, well, what if I wrote a completely original piece and I I try to make the chords feel like they were in that Mario Galaxy world and write a melody that felt like Koji Kondo. And then, you know, read orchestration books and learn how to write for the orchestra and so do that. Really, it's, it's, it's a really way a fun of way of learning. educating yourself. Yeah. But yeah. it's you don't even realize you're learning because it's so so much dang fun to do yeah. it. And yeah. I think another aspect is we always are so concerned about instrumentation and listening to video game music. I'm like, ooh, that's so interesting. You know, for a Mario Beach theme, I really feel like you need to have pan flute and acoustic guitar. And just like <sighs> that kind of combination, to do that yourself and to make an original yeah. piece of music is so much fun. Yeah. It is really cool sometimes. It, well, I just completed this uh, original Metroid tribute album called Child of the Chozo, which sort of existed in three pieces. The first third uh, being an 8-bit um, section, which is more reminiscent of like the early Metroid music. The second third being si- 16-bit, which is very much similar to Super Metroid. And then the last third of it sounds like the Metroid Prime series. That was the toughest bit for me because I wasn't able to use like programmed sounds or old noises. I basically had to research about 
old synthesizers and what would Kenji Yamamoto have used in these soundtracks, a lot of these interesting alien sounds. And so I, I feel like it just as a person and as a composer, I've grown so much from that project because I've almost had to deconstruct this score that I love. And when I was at the height of working on the project, in a way, I felt like this wonderful kind of union with that music. I almost felt like I got to live for a little bit inside mm-hmm. the mind of some of these brilliant composers. And what's so interesting is what this does to spend so much time with a score or with a composer and to really listen to it and to try to capture it. You feel a closeness. You feel this camaraderie with Mihiro Yakoda, even though I've never met Mihiro Yakoda, you know, working <laughs> on the Galaxy mm-hmm. album. So I think there's something really cool about that. And at the end of the day, it's just another way for us to show how much we love that music. This comes from an album Carl and Will worked on together called Mega Buster. The brothers wrote original music in the style of the Mega Man series of games. Listening to Top Score from the Infinite Guest Network at American Public Media. I'm Emily Reese. You can learn more about Carl and Will Brueggemann on our website, classicalmpr.org/topscore. You can also check out some of our other programs like Big Appetites with Patty Hinnich and Sally Swift or Home Dunk with John Moe online at infiniteguest.org. Follow Top Score on Twitter and Facebook at Top Score Podcast. Top Score is supported in part by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts, Artworks. That's Top Score from American Public Media. I'm Emily Reese. <laughs>